Welcome back to another episode of Hurt Business Radio, powered by Everlast. For all your Everlast needs, go to www.everlastboxing.com.au. Now, there's been a lot happening both domestic and internationally. I'm joined by the classy Ben Damon. Ben, how are you? Hello, Mickey. Yeah, there's been an awful lot happening, hasn't there? And uh, there's a fair bit to come this weekend and over the next couple of weeks as well. A huge weekend in Australian boxing just took place, which... We'll have a good chat about, and uh, the other man joining us has got a big fight coming up shortly as well, so no doubt we'll talk about that for about 45 minutes. Okay. <laughs> you dog. I had a fight with the scales at the moment. I'm hangry. I'm tired. Let's just get this fucking show on the road. Don't, don't piss me off, BD. <laughs> what are you weighing, Jade? None of your fucking business. Next. Cool. Let's, let's move on. <laughs> hey, Mickey, how much of this show are we going to dedicate to Francis Tewer, my new favourite boxer? Yeah, well, just as much as we will to your second favorite boxer, Tyson Fury. Good. So. <laughs> Perfect. We'll split that up. That'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get straight into it. Ben, obviously, you were there all last week and the week before in the lead up to the fight. What was the, what was the atmosphere like in, in Brizzy? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, you came up for the last few days at least. And uh, as you know, yeah, it really started to build towards the end. Um, I was there for probably too long because we did a lot of stuff uh, over the last couple of weeks, a lot of events and the like. And it did get going late. And um, obviously the antics that um, Anthony Mundine pulled out of the way and got people talking and the result of the fight, we all know, he um, just didn't look in it at any point and was stopped in 96 seconds. Uh, I, I think the writing was well and truly on the wall when... You saw them touch gloves at centering before the fight and Chock did not want to engage at all with Jeff Horn. He was looking all over the place, looking into the crowd and uh, very shortly we saw that he was not in that fight for a moment. Um, but what it did do is uh, it proved that Jeff Horn has some power up in the weights and it sold really well in pubs and clubs and homes and also in terms of tickets. So Jeff Horn is a big draw and... Um, He's also a big puncher at that uh, that sort of a weight. It's like it's like as if everyone almost forgot about um, what a terror horn was on the way up. He he's like he's just like a, a wet blanket. He's on top of you and you can't you can't get him off you. Everyone sort of forgot how tenacious horn is. And man, just the way he leapt out of the gates, it was it was like the um, Sam Colomban fight. He just just nailed Mundine, and that was all she wrote. It's it's yeah. like it's like as if. We've got to remember, he's just fought Terence Crawford, who's arguably the best welterweight on, on the face of the planet. And this is a guy who's going to go down in the history books as one of the greatest fighters of all time. I'm, I'm, I'm 100% certain of that. Terence Crawford is something special. And everyone drew parallels with him and Mundine's boxing ability. With all due respect to Mundine, he's never been the boxer that Terence Crawford is. Um, was a brilliant boxer, um, especially in his super middleweight days, Mundine. I've got to give respect there. But Terence Crawford is something special. And the build-up to this, that Jeff De- Jeff struggled with um, with Terence Crawford, they're just chalk and cheese in terms of boxing ability, Chock and Terence Crawford. So Yeah, particularly Chock at 43 years of age. And, yeah, um, yeah the, the thing was, obviously, everyone was saying, well, how does he recover from a fight like that? But you're exactly right. Stylistically, Terence Crawford is the exact wrong opponent for Jeff Horn. We knew that going into that fight, and we certainly knew it afterwards. But he was very calm. He sort of knew what had happened over in Las Vegas, and he knew he was up against a very different style of a boxer here. He was so relaxed in the dressing room before the fight. Mundine was relaxed as well. I was with both of them for a fair while before that fight. But, um, yeah, Jeff was just cruising. He 
he knew that it was going to be his night. And um, as soon as he threw that straight right hand to the body, you could see that Mundine, who was overreaching early in the fight as well, was um, in all sorts and couldn't find his legs underneath him. And then the end was going to come sooner rather than later. And he did it emphatically. And I know that... Uh, now, there's a lot of options for Jeff. He um, can fight uh, uh, big fights at middleweight, at uh, junior middleweight, or back down at welterweight. He's comfortable to go to any of those weights, but I would expect they'll try and find him something at junior middleweight. It seems a perfect weight for him at this stage of his career. I heard his team throw the name Jamie Mungia out. Um... Yeah, which is a very interesting one as well because Dennis Hogan, his stable mate, they've got the same trainer and they're very close friends. He is mandatory for um, Hame Mungia's uh, belt, the WBO junior middleweight belt. So that would be an interesting one if Jeff Horn gets that fight, particularly if he brings it out to Brisbane. But um, I, I don't know that that's the way that they'll go. There's been some talk about getting um, Sean Porter to Australia, maybe on the Gold Coast and fighting him back at welterweight or otherwise there's options at middleweight as well, but um, it, it'll just come down to what makes financial sense, who they can get out here, but what they are guaranteed of after that uh, performance by Jeff Horn and after how successful the promotion overall has been is that he sells tickets and he sells pay-per-views and um, whatever they do, it's going to be successful. I love Jeff Horn versus Porter. That for me that for me is the fight to make. Two rough and tumble dudes. It'll be rough, tough, ugly at times. But, man, that would be a hell of a fight. I, I love yeah. that fight. That's awesome. It's a great fight stylistically, isn't it? But I, the only thing, though, is just, I, I spoke to him afterwards, Jeff, and I got the impression he's very keen not to have to get back down to welterweight, which um, you would know better than anyone at uh, this stage of your preparation, Jade. If you had gone up once and been so successful, it would be hard, wouldn't it, to make your body go back down there again? I don't know, mate. I'd probably go up to light heavy. Or if I went up to cruiserweight, the equivalent to what Horn's done, I'd, I'd probably get bashed and then be glad to come back down. I'd probably come back as a middleweight, mate. But, yeah, um, it's easy to find, though. Some Red Bulls would be in there. You'd, you'd love it. Yes, oh, indeed, mate. You know, uh, you know, I love the Red Bulls, the uh, infamous picture. But anyway, um, that's great radio for everyone. Can we get on to Francis Tewer, please? What a shot. I think at this point, we just do a whole episode just on him. Would that make you happy? I, I would love that. The removalist. Um, I got Hang to call on. his fight, Francis Stewart. What? We, you want to go back to Horn? No, 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 no. I was just like, hang on. Look, I just sense I sense a fair bit of sarcasm in your voice, but it's hard to tell with you because there's always just that underlying sarcasm there. But it, look, I, I, yeah, go. You really, go. so you, Francis Stewart on record is Ben Damon's new favourite fighter. For this week, he is, yes. Um, I I loved the interview. I sent it to you, folks. I don't know if you've had a chance to watch, but Tommy Watt from T2T Boxing did an interview with Francis Tua after that fight. And for those who didn't see it, he upset the world number two, Kai McKenzie, in a six-rounder on the undercard. He's a happy little fella, isn't he? He is a very happy fella. He's a removalist by profession as well, which is brilliant. I had heard that. Um, yeah. I said it about 45 times in the commentary because I loved it. But... um. <laughs> Uh, in the interview, he uh, he starts off by calling out Lomachenko, who he calls Lemonchenko, which is brilliant. <laughs> then Tommy says to him, um, anyone else say Lomachenko doesn't accept that challenge? Anyone else you'd like to uh, 
to fight. And he, he fully expected him to say an Australian or someone that was accessible. He goes, yeah, maybe Ryan Garcia. And Tommy's like, okay, man, no problems at all. And then Francis Stewart ends the interview by plugging his removalist business and giving out his mobile phone number. It's, it's just great. Mate, well, hopefully he's picked up some business and um, maybe you'll yeah. get the phone call from Garcia. Yeah, you never know. You never know. He said he'd be too strong for Garcia. So he's carrying furniture all the time, you see. Okay, yeah. Maybe that's what I need to do. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. He had a week of training for that fight, he said. He took a week off. And next time, if he gets some sponsors, he'd love to take three or four weeks off um, the removalist business, he said. Jesus Christ. That's, that, makes it all the, a- that makes it all the more impressive. No, good good on Francis yes. Chua. And, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know what to think of that. Did did Kai take him lightly? Um, it was just because Chua, Chua, Chua just sat on his chest, throwing just throwing big big shots the whole time. But he's very very wide. Kai was just getting hit cleanly with shots that I just don't think he he should have been. Have we? Has Kai? Because look, Kai has looked so much better than this in the past. We, I've I've always yeah. known we've all. Everyone has always known that Kai wears more shots than he should. But did yeah. he look past Chua? Because I, um, I believe there were some issues, which I won't go into. There were some issues in his preparation. Um, I don't think that he took this fight as professionally in the build-up as perhaps he should have. Um, and certainly that showed because he was just waiting on that right hand Whereas Chua was was working and hit him with a few shots. He hurt him at times as well. Had him badly hurt a couple of times. And um, Kai just kept waiting on that right hand, wasn't moving his feet, wasn't really jabbing. Um, he was disappointing. But, um, yeah, props to Chua because he, with what he's got, he um, he did the best he could and he got away with exactly one. Exactly right. With what he's got, the work rate and everything that he put on Kai was un- unbelievable. It was, it was just relentless um, over the six rounds. But with Chua's style, there's, there's no secrets there. And I think I think um, he fought out of his skin that night. And, uh, look, Kai didn't fight at his best. There's no way. But um, I think Chua... Chua beat Lomachenko, yeah? <laughs> For sure. <laughs> no, Le- Lemonchenko, man. Lemonchenko, the delicious Lemonchenko. He beats him. <laughs> Lomonchenko. He beats him. Lomonchenko. He beats him. No, he's a diff, diff, different guy. Different guy. Yeah, Lemonchenko is not much good. Lomachenko is, is pretty handy. Pound, probably the best fighter on the planet. But um, anyway, no, let's not get stuck yeah. in a little chewer. No, it was brilliant. Oh, we're not. Oh, I've already said he's my favourite fighter. I can do what I like now. Um, the other impressive, <laughs> yeah, can do the other like impressive performance on the undercard was uh, Liam Wilson in his third professional bout winning the Australian super featherweight title against Brent Rice, yeah. uh, unanimous points decision. He won the majority of the rounds. Um, yeah, he looked great, as he has done throughout. He is classy, Liam Wilson. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how he develops um, as a pro in the um, in the fights to come. It's uh, Well, his first couple of fights, he, there wasn't any competition at all, but with the Rice fight, look, he, he, um, he handled yeah. himself very well. He did the 10 rounds like it was nothing. He did it easy. So um, it's going to be good to see him develop, sit on his shots a bit more, and um, he's certainly one to watch. Exciting. Exciting times ahead. Only a very young fella as well, so it's good. Very excited yeah, to see where it goes. Um, who, who, are, who else do we have on this? Mickey, Mickey, have you gone to sleep? 
No, I'm here. I'm here. I'm just paying attention. You're just chilling. Uh, Cameron Hammond uh, had a big win and was uh, very, very happy to have done so after that fight. He was in tears in the dressing room with uh, relief. Um, what else do really? we have? Why, uh, ben Marnie. Was there? Why is that? Well, just because he's been obviously just uh, back into the ring after he had that break. He was beaten by Chris George in that upset for the Commonwealth title. And then he disappeared, went to work in a factory and all that sort of thing. And then got back on the big stage uh, for the first time in a long time and, and um, won pretty much every round against an international opponent. Yeah. So I think it was just relief. It was just, you know, where his life's gone to get back and, yeah. and to do that in front of a, a big crowd. I, I think, yeah. it, you know, it, it just meant an awful lot I to see, I see Cameron. Did, sorry, Mickey, can I just... Totally catch off, as I always do anyway, please. I see Cameron Hammond as such a skillful fighter. He's so fast. He's so talented. But I just find, like, at times, at time, in that fight, to me, it looked like he had his opponent overmatched. And I think they're the sort of opponents that Hammond should be able to, um, to get out of there because, man, he's so talented. But at times, yeah. seems to be a little... A little a little lazy or a little content, whereas I think yeah. I think he's he, yeah, he, I agree. Hasn't, it, it looked he hasn't fight. scratched his potential. Yeah, it looked a fight he'd get a stoppage, but um, uh, he yeah he didn't seem to to be in that mental state. He was happy to get through it and um, get the win. And um, obviously, if he steps up further than Frank Rojas, he'd um, yeah he'd have to show a little more urgency. You you would think, but um, a win is a win. He's I guess. definitely capable of bigger and better things than he showed in that fight. I think Cameron Hammond is only just scratching his potential. He's a brilliant amateur and, man, he's just got God-given reflexes. And, um, yeah, I just I want to see more out of Cameron Hammond. I want to see him busy and I want to see him step up competition and um, really see, see where he can go, see what he can do because – yeah, well, he was. There was some talk he was going to fight Ben Sava on that undercard. That fight didn't come off due to an injury to Sava, but um, there is some discussion that perhaps that does happen um, early next year. That'd be a really good fight, Cameron Hammond and Ben Sava. Brilliant boxer Ben Sava. I'm uh, I'm a big fan of Ben. Love the way he goes about it. Super fit, super super professional, um, and just just a yeah. just a beautiful boxer to watch. Did anyone catch the Joseph Goodall fight? I know it wasn't televised. Yeah. But it was- I was ringside for it, um, and yeah, so he went the distance for the first time. Um, he won every round, and um, the, his opponent Christian Soy was uh, deducted a point as well for spitting out his mouth guard a heap of times. So uh, he got four rounds in, whereas in his first four fights, he only got almost four combined. So uh, yeah, good performance. It was really hot there. Um, I think he felt a little bit sluggish. Maybe he's um, he's been you know training. Uh, a bit harder than he needed to in the lead up to that fight, but um, yeah, he got a result and uh, he moves along. Joseph Goodall. We also had um, Ben Marnie Rodriguez as well. That was that was that was a well matched yeah. fight. Um, Marnie did, I, I think Marnie did that pretty comfortably. Um, he'll be one to watch too as he comes along. I like that Marnie's actually fought decent opposition in his first few fights as a professional. He's still still undefeated as well, so Marnie's definitely going to be one to watch. And he, he seems like a really nice guy too, really good character. So um, I'm right behind him. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, before we move along to whatever's next on the agenda, Mickey, um, Marcus Bayer. Uh, former WBC super middleweight world champion and former opponent of Danny Green twice and Sakio Bicker as well, passed away at uh, 
47 years of age yesterday, uh, was diagnosed, I believe, with cancer only uh, a brief time ago and, and then did pass away. I spoke to Greeny today, actually. He rang, he rang me um, about it and he said he was in tears when he heard the news. So, yeah, horrible news um, regarding Marcus Bayer. And I know uh, Sakio was a big fan of him as a person as well. Both of those guys um, had controversial fights with him over there in Germany, but uh, didn't have a bad word to say. So condolences, no doubt, from uh, from the posse here at Hurt Mate. Business Radio for uh, one of the great. So sad. 47 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible. Absolutely horrible. But um, I... Speak, any word on Adonis Stevenson on his condition? Um, well, at least his condition has been upgraded. He was in a critical condition. It did not look at all good um, on Sunday night our time after being stopped as he was so badly in his fight in um, Quebec City, I believe. Uh, and, yeah, at least now he is in a stable condition, um, still in a coma, mm -hmm. I believe, but, um, you know, not out of the woods by any stretch, but at least his condition is improving. So hopefully he continues to do so. All right. Have you watched the entire fight? Yeah, yeah. Um, he was in the fight. He, he got dropped hard um, in round two, or maybe it was round three. Uh, got up and and then you know he was he, he was still right in it, but then the knockout was just a barrage. Like uh, the shots just kept on coming. It was a it was a bad mm. one, and um, yeah, he was immediately in strife. Mm. Is there any word on what, like, what the odds of him coming out with permanent damage? Is there anything? No, they're, they're no they don't know. Like they've, it's a medically induced coma, so they're just keeping him there to allow the brain to do its thing. Um, you know, it, it's it, it's just a wait and see, and then when eventually the decision is made by doctors to bring him out of that coma, then you start to get a read on um, whether there will be lasting effects and um, to what extent um, those effects will be. It's scary, man. You certainly do not play boxing. Um, and, yes, the reason I ask is I, I haven't seen the fight in the entirety. I saw the finish, and the finish was yeah. relatively brutal. But I don't. I yeah. didn't see the the lead up. Like, what sort of did was he copping a beating? Was is is Adonis too tough for his own good? Because so often there's these absolute wars and these warriors who can cop a beating and just keep on going and going and going, and they're just too tough for yeah. their own good. Um, yeah. yeah. And then you've got you've got the knockdowns that Fury got up from. Um, the second one with oh, Wilder. The second one was ridiculous. But there, he didn't. He didn't take any. He wasn't taking any. He barely got hit outside of those knockdowns. He barely got hit. So, I, that's what I was saying. Like I haven't mm. watched the whole fight. Have you? Did you see the whole fight or just highlights? No. Fury Wilder. Um, I'm, yeah. Oh, the other one. Yeah. No, no. I, I watched that whole fight. But we should. Yeah, we'll, we'll move on to um, Fury Wilder. Yeah, if you yeah. like Mickey. Yeah. Um, now, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, um, I think I'm probably in the minority, but I, I didn't see the draw as a as a bad result. Um, I scored it a draw myself, uh, and I would have been happy with Fury winning by two rounds. I would have been happy with Wilder winning by a round. Uh, maybe the scores were slightly wide, but you know, um, it depends what you're scoring. And the thing with the way that Tyson Fury boxes is that. He's not throwing a lot of shots, and he's not throwing many meaningful shots at all. So he can't just expect to be given all those rounds. There are going to be judges who aren't looking for that head movement, those feints, and um, those little punches on occasion. Um, 
Deontay Wilder, no doubt, put his jab away after about a round and a half, which was a, a big mistake. But then he did catch him a couple of times, dropped him twice, dropped him very, very hard once. And um, what it does mean, this result, is that we'll most likely get a rematch unless one of these guys can get in with Anthony Joshua in the meantime. Um, we'll see it all again. And, uh, Fury went from being sort of a, a novelty in that 12th round to being someone who's tough and can fight. Oh. Definitely got on a world-class chin, that's for sure. I, th- those are the sort of punches that we've taken out, you know, 40... Yes, both of them. <laughs> both of them. He, he took yeah. that right hand, then a, and another left hand on the way down. It was just and, ridiculous. Yeah, he looked like he was, in, he was like, unconscious. And then I don't know <laughs> yeah. what happens. He just gave him a shot of adrenaline, and he just woke up. Yeah. And then just popped right up. Pretty like, sure he died for a little yeah. bit there. Yeah. It, was, it was... Man, he just lay there lifeless, and then all of a sudden, he's into it. But see, see, um, I look. I'm ha- I, I'm happy with the draw. I've I've watched it again. I'm happy with the draw. But I just, I just, I love all those little the feints, the movement, and just even those little shots. He's just keeping. He was just keeping um, Wilder at bay and keeping him off balance. And it, it's just the shoe shine. But he's doing that through boxing ability. And Wilder's looking for those big shots, and he wasn't able to get into position. And there was lots of variation out of out of Fury's uh, work too. Like he wasn't leaving many patterns, and that's why he was able to keep Deontay Wilder at bay. And I absolutely love that. I did. I had Fury winning the fight, but um, I am happy with the draw, and I'd love to see that fight again before anyone fights AJ. It'll be it'll be so big this yeah. time. I absolutely loved it. That's the first time since. I was actually jumping around the lounge room like a lunatic watching the fight. It's the first time I've been that excited about a heavyweight fight since I was a kid watching Mike Tyson. Like, it was just so much fun. I loved it. I just tire of people using the word robbery whenever there's a close fight nowadays. It it seems to be the go-to manoeuvre for everyone. I think Teddy Atlas has a bit to answer for. He carried on again like the um, rodeo clown that he is. Carried on. Um, Immediately after that fight, saying robbery and, you know, carrying on and looking like he was going to have a stroke. But um, (laughs) really, it was... It was a close fight. You cannot say that that was a robbery in either direction. There's no reason to accuse everyone of taking money under the table. That was just a fight where different people are looking for different things and the judges found a draw. Like, it is the way it is. That's how boxing works. And Holyfield Lewis won was a robbery because you could clearly see Holyfield yeah. getting help in that fight. This oh, yeah, we've seen robberies, and that was not one. And it's like Jeff Horn against Manny Pacquiao. That was not a robbery. Jeff Horn won that fight for me. But regardless, it was a close fight. It depends what you're looking for. It was a fight that was won by a couple of rounds either way. It's just uh, you don't need outrage every uh, time. Whenever there's a close fight, it's always going to go to the home home fighter. That's just, uh, Not always. Uh, more often than not. It's gonna... Yeah, more often than not. Yeah, absolutely. But... You know, so yeah. it, it, that's why these negotiations are so tricky because both teams want that home advantage. And I don't see Fury going to America again to fight Wild unless the money is like crazy this time. Yeah, you'd think after the uh, way that that fight was received, it goes to the UK now because they struggled to sell tickets. It didn't do amazingly well pay per view wise, but um, you know, it was such a great event. Got about three hundred thousand uh, pay per view buys in in the states, and you know, both, yeah. 
which is Florida never does think, good numbers. I don't think it and, matters. Showtime did a good job of promoting this fight. Every time I went on their YouTube channel, they had new content coming out. They were really, really, really pushing this fight. So yeah, hopefully that pays off if they do have a rematch because a lot of people were talking about this fight. So yeah, it's all any of us are now. talking about. Seriously, it doesn't matter where this fight is next time. It's going to be huge. It'll be massive. So yeah, I whether it's UK, USA, um, it's going to be big. Everyone will tune in, and uh, hopefully it lives up to the first one. Definitely. Moving on to the UK. Uh, this Sunday, boy. Yeah. Cal Brook takes on our Melbourne boy, Michael Zarafa. Yeah. Yeah, and very pleasingly, uh, you can see Kel Brook against Michael Zarafa on Fox Sports. It'll be live on Sunday morning. So uh, I think 6 a.m. the card starts, and um, I, I guess that means Zarafa's out about 9.30 um, Australian Eastern Daylight Time, or around there anyway. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a huge ask for Zarafa, given the level of opponents that he has been in with of late, but um, also a massive opportunity for him because a win there opens so many doors and opens the way perhaps for him to steal that mega fight which Brooke is meant to be having with Amir Khan. So, um, yeah, that's a, it's a big ask at Sheffield, travelling over there and, um, you know, going in as a huge underdog, but um, it would be amazing to see him do it. He's a massive underdog. The, <clears throat> the betting lines at the moment... A dollar and two cents for Cal Brook, and I think Mick's paying eleven dollars. That was with Ladbrokes, yeah. but um, yeah, he's even better yeah. other at other places as well, like thirteen and the like. So Jesus yeah, they're not Christ. giving him too much chance. No, <laughs> look, I Mick Mick is a world class fighter, but um, it's just it's a shame that um, that some of his opponents recently have not been much chop. Well, all of his opponents since since. With all due respect to, to Wade and that, they haven't been world-class guys since the Quillen fight. Yeah, it, it'd be a surprise to see someone who had just been in with Jose Ferrier beat Kel Brook. Um, you know, it's it's a big leap, um, and this is a problem that a lot of Australians have on the international stage. It's but because... um, if he pulls it off, then the plan has, has worked to a T, and I really hope that he does. Having said that, look at Tyson Fury's last two opponents, and he rose again. I mean, yeah, I know it's not the yeah. same thing. We're yeah, I know, about, but he was coming off, you know, um, you know, various about, drug binges and and the like. You're such a hater, Ben. <laughs> well, it's true. Yeah, but whatever, dude. Whatever. You're a hater. <laughs> yeah, well, the man's tested positive a lot of times. So, <laughs> what are you going to do? Like, I, 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 I'm not hating him specifically. It's more the nature of his urine. All right, cool, cool, fair enough. Um, yeah, but we're talking about the man who, in the past, outboxed Vladimir Klitschko. Like that's hang on, we're not. We're talking about Michael Zarafa. Let's go back. Stop no. taking us back to Tyson Fury. No, me... you're confused. You've lost too much weight. No, me... you need me... to have a hamburger. He said, "No, look." At the end of the day, Ben, you're you're a hater. Yeah. You're a Tyson Fury hater. <laughs> Mickey said, yeah. "Mickey." So are you, Mickey? You were going for Deontay Wilder in that fight. I was not going for anyone in that fight. I scored it a draw as well, so I was objective. Yeah, okay. Mickey, we had a couple of beers in Brisbane the other night, and you put it on the public record that you were going for Deontay Wilder in the fight. No, I put. I said my money's on Deontay Wilder. Look. I didn't say I wanted Deontay Wilder. Oh, this is an outrage. Hey, how is this guy, Mickey? You, you're meant to be in the media. You know the rules. What's said be, with a few beers under the belt? That's not on the record. How's this guy? Well, hang on. Now it's on the record. 
I rarely say anything without a few beers on the podcast. I suppose. Yeah. Anyway. Um, um, yeah, but anyway. Anyway. I, um, yeah. Sorry, now go, Ben. No, you go. You go, yeah. No, I, I just had a question for Jade because yep. I, I know you've you've always had Lenifer in your yep. corner. This will be the first fight in a while that Cal Brook doesn't have uh, Dominic Ingle in his corner. Yep. Does that affect? How does that affect him going into this fight, or does it at all? Mate, I I'm, I don't know what the situation is. Who is his trainer now? You know what? I'm not too sure. All I know is that um yeah that Dominic was just with scheduling conflicts for this well, fight. Sam's not even Sam's not, not even there. Be, there's no trainers in this fight. Yeah. <laughs> just, everyone's going without a trainer. Every in this man fight. for himself. Now, look, I think, uh, if, mate, Kel Brook is a superstar. He's um, he's he's the real deal. Um, and Mick Mick will be prepared. They've got their thing sorted out. I'm sure Kel Brook knows what he's doing in there without Dominic Ingle in the corner. I um, I'm lucky that me and my dad have got such a good relationship. And as long as uh, as long as Lenifer's body holds up, I'll be with him till um, till the end. But um, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's hard to say. We haven't seen him fight under his new trainer. We don't even know who his new trainer is. Do you know who his new trainer is, Ben? Yeah, he's a bloke who used to um, knock around within the amateurs. His name's John Fuchs. Um, I've never heard of him, but that's his that's his new trainer. Um, he's he's parted ways with Dominic Ingle. Um, okay. Recently, so yeah. Yep. No, it'll be it, look. It's it's just going to be interesting to see what Brook turns up. Has he taken Zarafa seriously? Because nobody's nobody in international boxing is giving Michael Zarafa a chance. And I, I'm telling you, Zarafa's Zarafa's world class. Yep. Um, Cal Brook is a bona fide superstar. Um, it's there's there's questions. Can will Zarafa will Zarafa step up? With the competition that he's been in against recently, has Cal Brook overlooked him? Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll see. We'll yeah, see. He's man, he's going to have to step up, but he has the capability to do so. He's obviously talented. Everyone seems to um, think that there are levels uh, which he can reach if uh, handled correctly, and hopefully I he do. does find them um, on Sunday morning Australian time. Because uh, yeah, he needs to step up, and um, if he were to do so, then it changes his life. I, yeah, look, I am a believer in Michael Zarafa. And the thing is, is when he fought um, Kid Chocolate, that was like four four years ago now. Yeah. Mate, he's, he's matured so much since then. Even the work that I'd done with Mick before, I, I, I've i sparred with him just after the um, Quillen fight. He's a different fighter since then. Yeah. Absolutely. He's so much more physically mature and mentally mature. And yeah. that was well, it was twenty three biggest... then I think or, or twenty two when he fought against Peter Quillen and that was twenty fifteen so you know it's a long time ago it was way too early for him in hindsight for a fight like that and now he's twenty six and um, he gets to go again. He's been around for so long. He started as a pro so young, but the thing I like too is he's he's um, stable mate Blake Caparello. Blake's been there. He's done it. He's been in the camps with um, with this with these superstars in in the light heavyweight division, um, sparring with them. He's faced Kovalev. He's he's faced great opposition. He's cleaned the backyard out. He's been there. He's done it all. I hope, I really hope that uh, Blake is rubbing off on Mick and um, he's learning plenty off of Mick and LeBruna down there. 
at um, at Team Labruna. But, um, I'm, mate, I'm super excited. I'm pumped for Zarafa on the weekend. I, I just pray that he can get it done. Yep, me too. Me too. Um, Mickey, I mentioned yeah. that that fight is on um, Fox Sports. There's a few others um, as well that are coming up uh, that people may not be aware of. Uh, so you've got Brook v Zarafa. That's on Fox Sports 505 from 6 a.m. Uh, Australian Eastern Daylight Time this Sunday then. The following uh, Saturday night, if you want to, you can tune in to Joseph Parker against Alexander Flores. That's on uh, Fox Sports 507 from 7 p.m. That's December the 15th. Then the morning after that, uh, or the day after that, rather, you've got uh, Canelo against Rocky Fielding. That's on main event, uh, pay-per-view. Then on December the 23rd, uh, Dillian White against Derek Chisora, too, will be on Fox Sports 507 early in the morning. That's on the 23rd. So that's all happening. But on the fifteenth, yeah, go. I'm gonna say that's gonna be interesting. I'm definitely tuning in to see Chisora go through Dillian White like oh, a laxative. Yeah, they haven't seen the um, the um, what what do they call it? The the show uh, face to face or whatever. Yeah, well, yeah. It is. the um, uh, yeah, he says Derek Chisora that he's gonna go through him like a laxative, and Dillian White's reaction is brilliant. He goes, "That's a strange analogy." <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, my God. Um, I mentioned that on December the 15th, the Saturday night, you can watch Joseph Parker, Alexander Flores on Fox Sports, but don't because you're better off getting on epicenter.tv and watching um, Dennis Hogan against Jamie Weech and a good undercard as well that DDP are putting on in Brisbane. It's a really um, good night of fights. I'll be calling it uh, as well from um, the convention exhibition centre there. And Dennis Hogan needs to win this fight. He needs to get past uh, Jamie Weech in order to get through to a world title shot because he is next in line for the WBO uh, light middleweight champion, Ahmed Munguia. So a massive night for Dennis Hogan, and um, he needs a win. Huge night, huge night, mate. And Weech will have upset in mind. This is a massive opportunity for Weech too. He's only oh, just dude, into dude. the world ratings. Weech, he's um, been shot in the head, amongst other things. He was. I saw an interview with him the other day talking about all sorts of bits and pieces that had happened to him and... Uh, he's How the hell did he get shot in the head? I think he may have been running with some scallywags. I think that was back in Wales, but um, yeah, he's, uh, he's been through a bit. You haven't been shot in the head? Jeez. No, okay. no, I haven't. Well, the night is young. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, excellent. No, I, th- I think I'll be right, but um, that's un- unreal. Well, yeah. So, like... Whoops. Hang on, elaborate on. You can't just say someone was shot in the head, like. Well, I saw like, an interview with him where he was talking about how he used to hang around with dodgy people, and um, and at some point he got shot in the head. Like I, I, I don't know exactly the details. I wasn't there. Did he? Did he almost die, or has he come back from any adversity from being shot in the head, or? Oh. Um, well, look, you know, it wasn't what he was planning um, and he came back from it. So um, in, in the interview, it said that uh, he's had all sorts of um, issues. He's been stabbed at some point. He's been beaten up in the, like in Welsh gang disputes. Um, and then at some point, uh, I, I believe that he was uh, he was shot. So uh, should we thank our should we now thank our sponsors, Welsh Tourism? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll find uh, an article, I'll find the interview that I watched, I'll, um, I'll tweet it at you, um, Jade, and yeah. you, can, you can enjoy it. Uh, 
That'd be yeah. great. Yeah, he, he also uh, got um, uh, he also got bashed over the head with a uh, with a dumbbell at some point. Uh, I believe that was part of the interview as well. So you know, a few things have happened. <laughs> Holy shit! Actually, here we go. I've just found something here. It was a pellet pistol. He was shot in the face. Uh, so. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I've been um, yeah, I've been shot before the slug gun. Hello, Adam Deloza. But um, and you but anyway. that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, okay, yeah. yeah. it stung. Yeah. But yeah, I'm pretty tough. Okay. But um, can't help but feel yeah, a lot of time on this. Uh, <laughs> do you want to know who shot him? Um, what? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> what do you want to know? No. So, also on the card. Oh, it's a it's a good card. Um, Australia's best uh, super middleweight is in action. Uh, no, that's a, that's the night before. Oh, uh, sorry, sorry about that. Uh, Rowan Murdoch fighting. Oh, the... uh, Rowan Murdoch oh. is fighting against uh, a world-ranked um, opponent who goes by the name of Rolando Mancia. Um, he's 11 in the world in the WBO, where Rowan is number five at the moment, um, and he's an Argentine. Uh, so that's the yeah. main undercard uh, about for that event. And then um, there's a good fight uh, on the undercard, actually. Adam Copland is taking on that Kiwi fella. Is it uh, uh, Mose? Uh, Ar- Moses Armitage yeah, Jr. that's him, Armitage Jr. Um, that's a cool fight. Uh, yeah, yeah, Pop, yeah uh, big step stepping big up. I had step a chat up. with him. He was in, um, he was in Horn's uh, dressing room in the corner. Um, yep. And he said he's been doing a lot of rounds with Rowan Murdoch. Um, and, yes, seems very keen on on that fight. He asked for it, um, even though, you know, he's had three fights and the other blokes had 14 or something. Um, That's awesome. So, yeah, he's, he's keen and he's he's in there and it's a, a big night for him. That'll be, a, that'll be a really good fight. That's yeah, that's that's awesome. Props to Copeland for um, for stepping up. Hopefully, um, he gets a job done, and then we have another super middleweight arrived on the scene in Australia. Mm. Yeah, because uh, I believe Omatagi was the one who stopped um, Reagan. Reagan just out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. Um, in a, yeah, massive upset first round. Um, I can't find that fight anywhere. I've looked for it a few times. Uh, I didn't see it, but uh, yeah, he he did. Uh, he did get in there and stop him early on. So, so he can certainly bang. He can. Yeah, no mm. doubt. Yeah, who, who else have we got mm. on the card? Um, so the Copa Matagi. Yeah, there's a, good, there's a good fight. Um, if you haven't seen her fight before, there's a super bantamweight called D.D. Hobbs. Um, she is, uh, I, I think she's, you know, closing in. Uh, step by step on a fight with Katie Taylor, the superstar out of Ireland. Um, she's seven and zero, and she takes on a, another decent opponent this time around. And yeah, then there's some other solid sort of evenly matched fights throughout it. But it's all um, epicenter.tv, I believe, on the Saturday night. And... Yep, everything that um, everything that DDP has put put together so far has been great. Yep, they've been so they've done such a good job with Hogan, and now they've got uh, Murdoch on board as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, their shows, the production, everything's been good. Yeah, and they, use, awesome. they use me, which is, you know, it's a big plus. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, but, uh, I, yeah, that's a, that's a good show. Uh, and then there's a good show, actually, um, this Saturday night. Angelo DiCarlo's got one at um, uh, Southport. Um, and Dempsey McKean's fighting. Yes. Um, but there's some other really good fights. Tyson Best against Nathan Webber is a really good fight. It's 6-0 and 8-0. And, and then... 
Um, probably my favourite of a lot of them is the Australian event. lightweight title fight between Gage Island and Jacob Ng, which is a cracker. The Flamingo. Yep. Against uh, that. Against what is he? Two Gage. Twelve Gage, mate. Twelve, 12 Gage. 12 gauge. I, I took away ten of his gauges. I'm sorry, Gage. Yes. Jesus Christ, mate. That's the two gauges, the uh, pellet gun that we just got shot in the face. <laughs> in the face. Um, yeah. But, yeah, the Flamingo against the 12 gauge <laughs> is a cracking fight uh, for the Australian lightweight title. Gage Island upsets uh, Hayton Lemuse, and um, and now he's back against – well, yeah. I've got Island a favourite in that. Yeah, mate. I, look, just quickly, I'd be impressed – I'd be fucking impressed if you've been shot in the face with a 12-gauge, believe you me. That, that that would be – that's a tough man there. But um, this this is a hell of a fight. I love this fight. Um, I would say Jacob, Jacob NG was a, a good amateur. Um, his father, Stephen NG, has grown up in the gym. Yeah. Um, he's, he's, he's actually a really good boxer. He finished Victor Adindo. Um, I believe they're pretty confident, but – Man, I'm telling you, Gage Island is one of the hardest working boxers I've ever trained with on the training track. He's and he's got the, a heart the size of Fala. So, mate, this is going to be a hell of a fight because you've got the hometown boy. The shows, the shows, um, there to build him up. And Gage, Gage is a champion, but it just he's he's the underdog again, I believe. And um, yeah. If they if they think it's going to be if they think they're going to have an easy night fighting Gage Island if anyone does just sorely mistaken because that guy comes to fight every fight yeah, so that's nah, a good fight. I can't wait to see that one yeah that'll be good I think it's on Epicenter as well right, and, I think awesome awesome I'll definitely tune into that one yeah, yeah and then fighter kind of went a bit under the radar I think it was last week was Lucas Big Daddy Brown. Yep. In his second fight since he's lost to Dylan White with a relatively quick knockout over Junior Paddy. Did you? Did any of you guys catch that one? Yeah, I watched it. Um, not live, but I did see it afterwards. Um, and I, I spent a fair bit of time with Lucas on Friday in Brisbane. He was there for the um, for the big fight. Um, yeah, like, uh, let's not sugarcoat it. Junior Paddy is uh, a battler. He's 12 and 22. Um, he's also five foot eight or ten or something, um, whereas Lucas had just beaten Julius Long, who's, what, seven, two or something. So he's had a bit of diversity in his opponents. But he, um, he got a decent earn to go to New Zealand and beat up Junior Paddy, so why not? And now he's keen to step it up, and he wants to go back to the UK. Um, he wants to fight Dave Allen. Um, that would be awesome. a, a really cool fight and a great build-up as well. But what he is waiting on, uh, I believe is the end of this um, deal with Ricky Hatton, which has been dragging on and on and uh, probably hasn't been in anyone best, anyone's best interests for some time. So uh, I think that wraps up early next year and um, then Lucas will be off to some, do some bigger and better things. But what he is looking is physically very, very good. He's lost a lot of weight. He was at his lightest ever in that fight with um, Junior Paddy. Um, he looked pretty good. He stopped him with a massive uppercut and um, he seems happy and pretty healthy as well. So that... He's good to see. If he's going to keep going and be a threat again, then um, he seems to be in the right physical condition to um, to do so. Awesome. And his camp's based in the WA now too, isn't it? So he's yeah, he's um, based there with family. His is. sparring partner's Ben Chua. Francis Chua. He's Francis stable mate. Francis Chua. 
<laughs> I'm so sorry, Francis. Jesus Christ. That's which is like, where would you rather be in Australian boxing than training alongside the removalist, mate? He's um. Why don't you move dude. to WA? And then you know, no. Monday to Friday, you could carry furniture with Chua, and then I got weekends. I I've got too many miles. Got too many, too many miles on the clock from concreting and partying back in the day. I, I couldn't move. Thirty-three. Thirty-three. It's a full. It's a full-time gig keeping this body. Chua looks shape. about twelve. He does, he does look he does. twelve, but um, he's thirty-three. Um, and he's fighting Lemonchenko, so deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> and he's beating him because he's too strong. Yeah, well, obviously, moving all that furniture, what else is, what, what, what do you think's going to happen? Yeah, what, do you, what do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so Big Daddy, we want to see him busy 2019, back in some big fights. Um, yeah. I, yeah it's, it's been so frustrating. <laughs> Seeing, seeing after the WBA um, title fight, to see what's unfolded after that's been. Yeah. He called out Joseph Parker as well after that um, fight in New Zealand, which makes sense, obviously. So um, who knows? That Great might be an option. That'd be good. That would be awesome. Yeah, I mean the the Dave Allen fight also makes sense. It yep. gets him reintroduced to the UK. He's got yep. a bit of a name there. Um, Alan didn't look too good in his he last very fight. Ordinary. He was getting beat um, up by... Yeah, he, he looked something. very ordinary and he, um, he looked very unfit. Uh, he still got away with it and he still yes. caused a lot of damage to his opponent. But yeah, he um, he did. He took a lot of damage too, though. He was supposed to fight on the Zarafa Brook undercard yeah. and called that off. So, you know, that that also... Com- you know, you take that into account when he goes into his next fight because you always leave a bit of you in the ring and he left a lot of him in the ring that night. Yeah. He was taking yeah. some massive yeah, shots. No doubt. Absolutely. So unforgiving to the heavyweight division. Mm. Absolutely brutal, the shots those boys take. Um, we mentioned uh, um, Francis Chua before, uh, I think, just briefly. Um, <laughs> and um, what he's... <laughs> one thing that he's... Um, his shock defeat of uh, Kai McKenzie does is completely derail any plans of that uh, McKenzie v. George Cambosis fight. Um, Cambosis is currently in the Philippines sparring with Manny Pacquiao, and I get a sneaking suspicion that he might get a fight on the Pacquiao v. Broner undercard as well, uh, Cambosis. So um, he's had a very, very quiet 2018, just uh, two fights and both against uh, substandard opposition. But uh, if you can get an early uh, 2019 fight in January on a big card like that, hopefully against a, a slightly improved opponent, then hopefully 2019 is a, a bigger year for him. But I don't think we'll be seeing that uh, Mackenzie Cambosis fight certainly anytime soon. Would the ultimate so, fight for you, Ben, be Chua versus Cambosis? Look, once Chua gets past Lemonchenko, um, it would be a fight that would make sense a stadium fight, a pay per view. Look out, George. He's coming. He's coming, oh, Cambosis. Yeah. 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 I'm surprised. I'm, I'm surprised. Um, I suppose you just who who the hell is George Cambosis you, when you're chewer? You, you're going straight for the big dogs. I'm surprised he didn't actually call well, Cambosis. I think Tommy Watt may have expected something like that, like a Cambosis. If he said after beating Kai McKenzie, oh, I'll fight Cambosis now, you'd go, oh, okay, I can understand that. But no, he said Lomachenko and Ryan Garcia. And, you know, the man knows. Where is that? Shoot for the stars. Yeah, why not? Why not? And then gave his mobile phone number. 
Um, speaking <laughs> perfect sense. Man, speaking of Aussie, Aussie versus Aussie, how about um, Caparello decide? That is signed. That's done. Yeah. All because of a post that was put up on um, Oz Boxing. Welcoming yeah. Australia's top light heavyweight, and Caparello said, excuse me? Yeah. Hold my beer. Caparello and said, no, I campaign at all weights, uh, and that's yeah. my title. So, he, yeah. Was it the size dad that called out Caparello? I was talking to Caparello last week, and he was, you know, with all due respect, he, he said he had no idea who he was. He just heard that his dad had called him out and told him to, to step up. Okay, him. yeah, I'm not legs. aware of that, but I um, I was a little bit surprised how quickly that was all done. It was just, the yeah, that post went up. There was a fair bit of commentary around it from both sides, and then, you know, a, a week later or something, they had it all done. Man. So that, that, that's a great fight. Um, and a 100%. big step up for Reagan to side to just get into a fight like that. It's, um, yeah, it's, it, it's it, it, is it too early for him, I guess, is the big query. Um, Caparello yeah. is so experienced and um, so tricky, but, yeah, it's uh, props Man. to it for taking it. How can you not respect Caparello, but that guy gets a sniff of a fight and it's fucking on. Like, he just doesn't care. Like, he just, he's, yeah, he, there's no messing about with Caparello. He, yeah. gets, he gets in there and gets it done. You've got to love Caparello. You've got to respect the guy. Yeah, yeah. And I guess there'd be some thinking from him as well. You know, he's getting this guy pretty early. Um, get him now before he knows what he's doing and maybe and you know, gets through him. But um, 13 in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he also said he's happy to fight at, at light, heavy, and cruiser and yep. happy to go back and forth. Yep. What do you think of that, Jade? Um, I don't know. He, he seems to think that um, he's super-duper comfortable in the gym, um, sparring it, walking around it, but he in the mid to high 80s, and he's comfortable and strong. Um, I don't I – don't, I don't know. Like, when you step up to the, the big dogs of the cruiserweight division – you look at Gula Mirian, um, Usyk, um, Murat Garciev, they're just monsters. Like yeah. that, he, I don't think Caparello could be serious um, with staying there and chasing those fights because Caparello's, Caparello's world-class, man. He, he'll get another shot at a world title, and I think it's at, um, at light heavy. But who knows? He does. He, he looked good. He looked good. He looked thick at, um, at Cruiser. Um, and it's just, a, I suppose, just a comfort thing. But for mine, Caparello's best fights are at light heavy. How does he do against uh, Gvodzik or however you pronounce it? <laughs> um, well, I don't know. Like, they're tough fights. So changing in the guard. You've got Alvarez, Alvarez, Alvarez and Gvodzik. Gvodzik. Yeah. Gvodzik, yeah. Um, hmm. No. But that's, I, I believe, I believe Caparello is a world-class um, light heavyweight. But man, cruiserweights, there's some big, big boys there. Yeah, they really are. It's, a, it's another world cruiserweight at the moment, particularly, you know, with Usyk and those sorts of guys. It's, yeah, they're, they're some monsters. Well, Usyk's moving up to heavyweight, so he'll be out of the picture. Yeah. Well, there's every chance that he fights Anthony Joshua in April. So, um, you know, he, he, will, he will be a heavyweight. So April is the talks. Well, April is when Anthony Joshua will be fighting someone. Dillian White, uh, Alexander Usyk, um, Dyson Fury, Deontay Wilder. Surely, surely Usyk. Francis Chua. Um, 
you'd want to be moving a hell of a lot of, I don't know, what's something heavy? He's going to carry a fridge between now and then. Uh, that's the plan. He's going to take a fridge into the ring, actually, was, was the latest plan. <laughs> and, you know, Beautiful. who could begrudge him that? No, no, well, you couldn't. But um, I, I should imagine, I should imagine that Usyk will 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 test the water at at, um, at heavyweight first, surely, unless there's just ridiculous money, which every chance there will be. Yeah, it's thrown at him to step up. But um, yeah, it's certainly um, the heavyweight division is just exciting again. I love it. I can't. It hasn't been like this since since the nineties. We had the Klitschko's just had a stranglehold on it. Yeah. No, and, cool. you know, the emergence of D, uh, Dillian White uh, makes it even more exciting over there because his fight with um, uh, his fight that he has coming up with Derek Chisora, the rematch, if he gets through that and looks really convincing, then, you know, it makes sense that they make a rematch between him and Anthony Joshua in April or that they put him in with Usyk as his first um, or his, maybe his second fight at heavyweight or whatever they do. So, yeah, it is a really exciting time and... Um, uh, some amazing fights to be had over the next 12 months. Yeah. Hey, just changing again. We yep. spoke about fielding Canelo. Um, we're going to get that we on did. main event. Do you know at all yeah. if um, Bilal's fight will be? I, I don't know the schedule yet. No, um, I don't know the schedule yet, but I, I'm hoping to find out soon. But, um, yeah, I, you'd hope so. It'd be great oh, if we could. Yeah. But, um, yeah, maybe he'll be on quite early. It'll be a... It'll be a long card. There'll be a lot of fights. Yeah, I believe it. This I believe this fight. It says it says super middleweight on box rack, but I believe this one will be at light heavyweight. Yeah. Okay. So, um, right. Right. You relieved, Jade? You don't have to be in the same weight division as Pierre <laughs> Oh yeah. Jade's number one super middleweight. No. <laughs> oh, number two. He is now. My middle. box rack points disappeared. What the fuck? <laughs> Um, I don't understand. I don't understand how this happens. I know there's some sort of algorithm there or something. Just having know, a look. Maybe, maybe yeah. Istvan Zala's been beaten another thousand times since I bashed him, just, and um, <laughs> that's <laughs> just retire, Zala. You're taking me points away. Just cut it out, would you? I'm just so having a look at that me. card um, that we're talking about now. Rocky Fielding against Canelo Alvarez, Madison Square Garden. Uh, it's on uh, Sunday, the 16th of December, Australian time, and you'll see it on main event television pay-per-view. Um, fielding Alvarez, Tevin Farmer fighting or defending his world title against um, Francisco Fonseca, David Lemieux, Turiano Johnson, and they're trying to move Lemieux into a fight with Alvarez. Katie Taylor uh, against someone um, who's undefeated, Eva Wallstrom. Then Saddam Ali's on it as well against Mauricio Herrera, Lamont Roach uh, is fighting for an international super featherweight title against Alberto Mercado. Then Ryan Garcia is against uh, TBA. Uh, undefeated Virgil Ortiz Jr. is on there as well against TBA. And then a couple of others. And then Bill Alakaway against Victor Fonseca. So I think we might struggle to get him on the coverage because that um, is, <laughs> that is quite a card. Like well, I hope Alakaway completely just starches the guy. There's a few knockouts, and we get to see like a highlight of a uh, yeah. Well. Chuck it yeah. on before the main event, filling yep. in time after. Um, yep. Lemoud Johnson. Fingers crossed. But um, mate, he's living the. I didn't even realize Tiriano Johnson was fighting. He he was tweeting at me today, blowing up about Jeff Horn's um, box rec points. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'd be worried about David Lemieux, not uh, box rec points if I were you. Do people oh, um, actually care about box rec points, really? Well, people blew up because um, Jeff Horn, after his win over Anthony Mundine, went up to the number three ranked middleweight in the world um, on box rec. And, you know, people just lost their minds about that, uh, which was quite fun. They don't seem to realise that it's a computer-created program. Yeah, but don't you just get a T-shirt if you're the number one in box rec? Yeah, but it's a good a world title and a heap of cash. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I like T-shirt, Mickey. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't know, but I'd probably wear one. Yeah, I'll take the cash. Take the cash, thanks. Yeah, but you've always been uh, for the money. I'm, I'm there for the T-shirts. <laughs> the <fake> T-shirts. <laughs> um... Moving on to the lesser important fights of the year, Jade Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> I've literally never heard of him. Who, who's he? Oh, he's a, yeah. Australia's um, middleweight. Yeah. Super middleweight. Yeah. Australia's what? Australia's super middleweight. Um, how's that all going, Jade? How's the yeah, prep? Yeah, good, mate. Nah, prep, prep's doing good, mate. It's more so, mate, this, this, whole, this whole year... Since 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 my neck surgery, this whole year's just been about getting my body right. And, it's been and a box long, rec points. Long, slow. Nah, as long as Zella's still around, man, my box rec points will never be safe. But um, this whole year has just been about getting my body right, and it's been such a long, long process. Like that first fight, I should never have rushed back and had that because that that sort of put me put me back. Um, but I was just so gung-ho because I'd only just entered the world ratings. Um, and then having to pull out of the first Foley fight and then um, then actually testing testing my body against against um, against a good domestic fighter. It was good to get past him. And then um, this fight here, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. Oh, this is this is a stay busy fight. What this, round? Um, what round? I reckon. Probably about round round six to eight. I'm not gonna. I'm I'm gonna go out there, have a look at him, and um, I really want to take this guy out. Good. I really, really, really. And then do you scream into the microphone that you want Zach done? Yes, it's exactly what I do. And and Chua. <laughs> well, mate, I don't know about that. I'm gonna what? scream. I'm, I'm just gonna scream my mobile phone number. Out and whoever wants it, you can get it. Let's do it. Um, yeah, no. Look, um, Poulsen. Poulsen's a good boxer. Poulsen's a good good boxer. He was rated as a welterweight a couple of years ago, and then got starched by Kerman. There's a Spaniard, Kerman Legara, or Leg- anyway, he's, he's, he's rated- yeah, Kermit the Frog. Anyway, he got starched by him. He's had a couple of years off. And he's come back and he's taken um, a fight at super middleweight with sort of an absolutely nobody. And the matchmaker that we were dealing with to try and get the Gevorg Kachikian fight done, which is a guy who's only lost to James DeGale and uh, Gilberto Ramirez, good fighter. That's the fight I wanted. Uh, we almost had it done. The fight fell over. They wanted too much money, which is often the problem with um, us Aussies over here. Um, we don't generate money to get the big fights, and we're on the other. We're we're so far away from Europe and America. It's hard to get good guys here. So anyway, the entire time we're trying to get him, Kim Poulsen's team were putting their hand up 
they were trying to get the fight with me the entire time. When Kachikian fell through, we took the Poulsen fight. So he's coming over here to win, but man, he's um, he's in for a rude awakening. You're not, you're fighting a real super middleweight now, and um, and I'm on a mission. I'm not looking past him. I'm looking through him. I'm going to destroy this guy. And what's your understanding of where things are at with regards to a Zach Dunn fight? It basically seems to come down to your promoter, who also promotes Dunn, which is Brian Amatruda. Do you know yep. um, what? The well, mate. Are? I'll just I'll just lay it all on the table because that's a fight I definitely want. And Have you heard anything that they wanted or, or or that they don't? They just don't want the fight now. He mentioned my name first, which is um, which is the crazy thing. Like I know you can be goaded into things, but he mentioned my name first, and then when I'm like, okay, cool, that makes sense. Um, I'm all for it. But the thing is, is I thought that um, I'd become full Oceana champion. Bilal Akaway vacated on the 19th of August. So I figured when me and Kerry stepped in the ring and fought, the winner of that, which is me, would become the full Oceana champion. What's happened is there's been a sanctioning fee paid um, by Zach's team before before me and Kerry had um, entered the ring, I, I believe quite some time before, and I only found out, but he box wreck rolled me again. Looking over box wreck. But he, um, Zach's fighting for the vacant WBA Oceana title. Um, now, this is apparently a miscommunication. Brian knew nothing about it. The WBA didn't think there'd be any issue because I'm still world-rated and I'm rated higher than Zach. Zach's rated number 13 in the world. I'm rated number 10. They didn't think there'd be any issue. Two fighters, both rated with the WBA, both under the same um, same banner. They didn't think there'd be any issue. But when the way it was done, he should have fought for the interim title because now... I now have the power to pull the trigger um, on a mandatory defence, which Zach will have six months in order to fight me. But the way I look at it is, um, the way I look at this is Zach is world-rated, I'm world-rated. I'm happy for Zach to, to fight again and um, and for me to fight again. And then if we climb those ratings out a little bit more, um, let's let's do it. Why, why aren't we doing it? Because the thing is, is these all Aussie fight? These all Australian fights are, are awesome, and we can do it. We're both Melbourne boys. There's no favorite. There's no favoritism whatsoever. So it's not going to um, happen. Is that what you say? No, I think I th- honestly, mate. If I pull the trigger on that fight, Zach Dunn will vacate, and they right. will walk away. They'll walk away. They don't want this fight. Right. I guarantee. I guarantee you, if I if I pull the trigger on this Just fight, give it your mobile phone will. number so people can uh, buy tickets. One three double one double six. Um, um, I forgot to mention when we were talking about the uh, heavyweights that uh, Alex Leopai is fighting against mm-hmm. Nathan Gorman um, on the twenty third of December our time in Manchester on the Warrington Frampton undercard. So that's all signed and done. I think we knew about that the last time. I don't think we could talk about, it, but yeah, Leopai yeah. against Ricky Hatton's guy um, Nathan Gorman, who's fourteen and zero, really fast hands, but uh, largely untested. Uh, so hopefully Alex can. Um, and turn yeah. back the clock, bring out one yeah. of those big overhand rights. Overhands, Whew. you can feel the wind off them through the TV. <laughs> Massive. Imagine, yeah. oh, yeah, it no, just no. makes me cringe thinking about being hit by one of those. But yeah. just, could I just, just quickly, I'll, I promise, I'm not going to go on a rant. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. It's fine. I'll have a lie I down, should, but you just keep. I should, I should hope, I should hope that if I, le- if I leave. I'll go make a road. I should. Right, yeah, you know, Ricky, what have you been up to? I should hope. That if I leave Zach there and we both climb that a little bit more, the fight becomes more lucrative for them because they're saying there's nothing in it for them. There's everything in it for you. It's it's not like 
Raul Murdoch doesn't have to travel down to Melbourne. I don't have to travel to Brisbane to fight him. We can fight each other. Let's see who the best fighter in Melbourne is. Let's, let's do it. We're both world rated. And if Zach can if Zach can beat me, there's no ill will at all. Zach's an absolute gentleman. If he can beat me, good on him. Um, I think it's a great fight. I'm happy as Larry to make this fight, and I think it should be made. Hopefully, it'll be made mid-2019 because once I get past my first fight for the year, which is which we're in the, in the midst of organising now, um, I will I will pull the trigger on that mandatory. I wanted to do it now, but I've been told not are you, to. Are you going to call him out after your fight? Yeah, I told you already, and Chua, and I'm going to give my number out. And <laughs> um, I just, I'm just mm. having a look on uh, BoxRec as we speak, and um, Francis Chua has moved to the number two lightweight in Australia behind George Cambosis, ahead of uh, Camille Ballard, Kai McKenzie, Gage Island, Bill L. Dib, Jackie Medgy, all those guys. Um, so, you know, there's big fights for him out there. He doesn't have a world ranking just yet, despite being the world number two, but, jeez. How, how about Chua versus the winner of um, Gage Island, the Flamingo? There we go. Yeah. Look, yes. Frankly, yes. There we go. That that's a good fight. Or Lomachenko, either either, but well, I think either you know, way. Either way, he's either too way. strong. He is, he is very strong, strong boy. Um, what else you got? Do you want to complain about Boxrec and someone? No, 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 mate. I, I say that in jest. I don't. I don't care. Oh, actually, I'll tell you what. This is a bit of sad news for Andrew Maloney. Oh yeah, I saw him. Cut the morning of the um, the morning of Horn Mundine. Yeah, he was Poor sparring that morning. Got a, it's a nasty cut too. I saw him at the at the venue. Him and um, Jason came over, uh, and yeah, so his fight's off. Uh, disappointing. So they'll look to reschedule something for early next year. But he's um, his year's over. Andrew Maloney. Hopefully, his next fight is either a world title or a world title eliminator at the very least. Man, he two thousand nineteen Andrew Maloney fights for world title. Yeah. It has it has to happen. He's um And maybe Jason fights for another one. Absolutely. Those boys those boys are um they're the future of Australian boxing. Oh yeah. Absolutely awesome. Yeah, I spoke to Jason for a little while and um was sort of like, How are you feeling? Um after it all and he was, you know, I still a bit disappointed. I go, mate, you cannot be disappointed with what he did in that fight against Emmanuel Rodriguez. I, I said it that was Jeff Harding stuff, the way that he came good late and what he did. It was just I watched it again a couple of times. It's just a phenomenal performance from Jason Maloney and um I can't wait to see Andy get his shot and do exactly the same thing, no doubt, but uh, hopefully get a victory in, in his go next year. And man, he's just going to be better for it. It was so razor. It was razor thin. The turning point of that fight was razor thin. And people were like, oh, he should have started quicker earlier. Nah, that doesn't happen. Like the sting had to come out of him. They they implemented the perfect game plan, and it was just it was just so razor thin. And Rodriguez is the real deal, man. Like um, he's only going to be better from that, and um, he will be yep. world champion for sure. Mm. Hey, just yep. quickly. Going back to um, going back to the removalist again. Okay, do you please. think now? Do you think now a, a bounce back fight? Yeah. The original fight that was meant to happen on that card, Mackenzie versus Dib. Mackenzie versus Dib. The, yeah. the fight that was meant to happen and fell over. Was it an injury to Dib? Yeah. Yeah, I believe he, he he tore something on his bicep. Something yeah. Like that. 
I did ask about what they would do with McKenzie, but I think at the moment it's sort of a figure out what went wrong thing before they even worry about um, comeback fights at the moment. So I I, um, I don't think it's a matter of getting back in there quick. Um, what about a rematch with Chua? Does he need to try and avenge that loss or is that... I reckon just- abs- absolutely, absolutely try and avenge that loss because if you... if the the, the build-up for McKenzie and that. And McKenzie's been so much fun to watch and it's been such a, uh, a long, hard road. You look at McKenzie's story and then to have it taken away yeah. by... And, um, and, and they were very, very close. And I know it sounds ridiculous, but they were very, very close to getting McKenzie against Lomachenko in Sydney. Um, it was only like... You know, a couple of deals with the government away. Pretty much everything else was was just about done. There was another meeting to take place this week, which um, uh, promoter or manager Matt Rose was hoping was going to get it over the line. So you know, it's cost them a lot of money. It's cost them a massive massive opportunity, Man. and um, oh, yeah, the removalist has just taken uh, that one right away. He's oh, as he ever. You, you probably like could have um, yeah, could have been a better pump, especially by your standards. Okay. Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll come up anyway, with a few. Take it away. Um, yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No worries. <laughs> no doubt we'll, we'll be, we'll, we can talk about the remov- removalist on the um, season finale because that's oh, probably, yeah. mate, that's that's the upset of the year there. So plenty more. Well, stories. I guess. Yeah. Would it be like what else? What else do we have? I'm sure there's something really blatant that I'm not thinking of at the moment. Mickey, upset of the year. Domestically, I don't know. Not, not my head. <laughs> the box rack points disappearing. Pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty yeah. fucking upset about that, dude. <laughs> um, I, was getting, I was getting closer to that t-shirt. Shattered. You'll but, get that. Uh, yeah. Look, I'll, I'll make you one. No, day. it's not All the right? same. But I won't say no. no just um, yeah. So definitely talking about that's got to be that has to be upset of the year but um yeah i'm just trying to think i'm I'm sure there's been something else significant but um i can't think of it at the moment uh i wasn't prepared for this but uh it'd have to be right up there given you know he was the world number two and he was about to fight lomachenko and francis chua is a 33 year old removalist so yeah so no joke like that was actually like yeah, how, how how close are you talking? Like there was actually talk with Lomachenko's people. There's been oh yes, there've been around. significant talks. There've been meetings. There's uh, there was a proposal into the government. Um, you know, it was all rolling. It was like it, I thought it was absurd when they said it. Like I loved it, but I still didn't think it was plausible. But yeah, they were really close, and, and there was a lot of money that had already been invested in the process. Um, he just needed to get through that, uh, and he didn't. So it's gone. So he was actually entertaining Lomachenko, the idea of coming to Australia. Yeah, well, you know, his his people were. Um, hey, we're talking about Vasil Lomachenko, not Larry, not, Larry Lomachenko. No, no, not Larry Lomachenko, the, um, the, the bartender from East LA. Uh, <laughs> no, Vasil Lomachenko. They were talking about him coming out. Because there's a stadium opening in in Western Sydney, um, you know, government money for a, a, a big event like that. Um, yeah, you know, it wasn't done, but it was it was well down the road, further than you would have thought. Unbelievable. 
That is the that's yeah that's it that's the biggest. And, and now probably Francis Chua against Lomachenko at Metro City in Perth. I think that's the um, that's the obvious one. <laughs> 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 and Lomachenko has to sell his own tables, obviously. <laughs> oh, are we ending on that note? I think that's I a good one to go out on. I'm happy to keep going, but I'll, we're just going to yeah. keep talking about Francis Tewer if we stick around at this point. Oh, you you will anyway. Yeah, that, I think well, uh, even if we stop, I'm going to ring you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing tonight? Let's, uh, let's cover right. a bit more. Well, yeah, <sighs> very good. Pretty well covered everything in what's been a huge yeah. um, huge month or so since we've since we've chat, and yep. I believe our next show will probably be the. Um, End of year wrap up, catch up. Yeah, I'll come to Melbourne um, for that. We can hang out. Post fight for you, Jade. You can have a um, you can have a lamb sandwich and a couple of schooners. Absolutely, beer. I reckon we do. Uh, I reckon who 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 do we get? Who do we get do it down as uh, as a guest, or could we get a couple of guests? Well, I, I there is only one name that uh, springs to mind. <laughs> <You're exactly. laughs> um, okay, thank you, fellas. Thank you to Ozboxing, to Everlast, uh, and everyone else. Enjoy uh, the fights that are coming up. There's plenty of them. Yeah. Um, and yeah, team removalist. See you soon. Let's go, the pretty boy. Yes, go, Michael. Good luck. Signing off. Ta-ta and farewell.